0: Uh, we're reading scripture together. If you got a Bible, I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. You can get a head start. We are starting a series today called Stay Alert. Not a series that I had planned for this season, uh, but uh, this is a word that uh, God really gave to me recently. If you were at our, our night of worship in um, September, we had our night of worship and prayer in here, and I kind of threw that word out. God, throughout this, uh, the last eighteen months, we just—he's been hitting me with these different words: abide and endure, engage, and and I feel like in this season, the word is stay alert. Somebody say, stay alert. It's y'all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. Somebody say, stay alert. All right, that makes me feel better. Okay, I, I, the, the louder you are, the shorter I preach, okay? So just so you know, if you're new, that's how it works around here. I'm just, uh, it's like with my kids. When You know when your kids don't listen, you just keep talking, you just keep talking, you just keep talking, and I tell my kids, if you just say yes, I'll stop talking. And they'll be, yes, Dad, okay, we're done, all right? So the more you speak back to me, the better it is. Um, but this series, what I have sensed is alarming, I, I I've watched as good godly people people who are in the word, in the house, in prayer, serving the Lord watching them get distracted and watching them drift they don't even know that the enemy is picking them off. They 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 got disconnected over the last 18 months. And we're like, you know, I can just, I stay at home. I can, you know, I, I have to read my Bible every day. I don't have to, I don't have to, and, and, they, and they've slowly become, and I've watched craziness happening. Like, I'm like, wait, who's doing what? Wait, what happened to who? They're, no, no, they, that's not, not them. I, no, that doesn't happen to them. I've always, as a preacher, I've always been able to point to, oh, yeah, um, that happened because they weren't in the Word. That happened because they weren't in the house. That happened because they weren't on their knees in prayer. And 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 you can see these things. But what I have seen and what I have picked up on is that the enemy is coming after you even when you're in the Word, even when you're in the house, even when you're on your knees. He's still coming after you. And you can't take a day off. You have to stay alert. Turn to somebody and tell them, stay alert. So I was... Uh, we were driving, Laura and I were driving to Oklahoma City a couple weeks ago, and I was all fired up about this word that God had spoken to me. And I just kind of was talking to her about it. And well, truthfully, I was I was preaching it at her. <laughs> you're the best. You let me, you let me preach it. You just, she just sits there and go, here he goes, here he goes. Okay, any minute now. This is gonna be a long drive to the city. Because I do, I just get all amped up. And, and I'm like, people, we've just got to, I'm like, we got to, st- we got to stay alert. People are not staying alert. And she goes, well, I think God's talking to you because you just see that. And I go, see what? She goes, that sign we just passed, it said stay alert. It was one of those uh, mobile signs, you know, the solar power, and it was blinking, stay alert. We went a little bit further down the road and I started getting fired up again. And I'm like, I'm just telling you, I don't understand what's happening with people right now. And there, boom, she goes, there it is again. God is trying to tell you now's the time to give that word. So we were in Oklahoma City. Then we're coming back from Oklahoma City. I get fired up again. She's like, oh my goodness, this is it. And she goes, there again. And we saw we saw this sign, four different signs blinking like 10 different times. God's like Say, I'm trying to get your attention. okay. So we're going to talk about this. What does it mean to stay alert? Why should I stay alert? And this comes directly out of Peter's letter here, 1 Peter chapter 5. And I read out of the New Living Translation. If you don't have a a Bible, uh, the Bible app is a great app to download. And I read out of the New Living. And he says this in verse uh, 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Father, we pray your anointing upon your word. We thank you for the gift of your word and you would just speak to us. Just ask right now, church, that you just say, all right, God, what do you want to say to me? Because I'm listening. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen that was, that was an awfully loud amen right there somebody's like amen man he's really fired up he went like 10 minutes right there and he just prayed i know i've been here in this church a long time he's got a long way to go how many of you uh, by a show of hands you are an experienced driver you have driven like 10 years or longer you've been driving like 10 years or longer raise your hand okay look around a oh, lot a lot of experienced drivers here okay Uh, The one thing I've noticed today is it's not the student driver you have to fear. It's the experienced driver that you have to fear. It's just flipped in my lifetime. Like the the student driver, you don't have to worry about them because they're at 10 and 2. I mean, they are locked in, they're scanning the horizon, they're aware of their surroundings, they're driving under the speed limit, they ain't texting, they they ain't eating, they ain't putting on makeup. I mean, they're not checking their social thread. They got an instructor riding shotgun with them ready to pump that brake at any minute. So I'm like, I'm good, I'm fine. Not so with the experienced driver. As when you're an experienced driver, you tend to get overconfident. The longer you drive... The more overconfident you become. And it's funny because we, we watch other people and we think, not me. I mean, I'm I'm a good driver. I'm I'm not that other person. But we've all seen that person driving in front of you, you know what I'm talking about, and, and they're texting. And you can see it, it's so obvious because just they're they're drifting, right? They're drifting out over here, and you're like, there's there's one of them, there's one of them right there. There they are, and then they drift back into the lane. Okay, finally you looked up. You're gonna look down again. You start talking to them. Don't be doing it. And they drift, and you're like, I'm not getting anywhere near that person. In fact, when that happens, what I I don't know if you do this, but a lot of people, what you do is you pull out your phone. And you're going, oh, I got to go live on Facebook with this one here. Look at this idiot driver right here. You got you got one hand at nine, you got the other at live. You're like. <laughs> That's right. Look at this idiot right here. Yeah, look at the idiot right here. Like It's, it's us. We don't, we're distracted and we don't, even, we don't even know it. They say this, listen to this. I, I did not know this. They say if you text and drive, on average, you look down for five seconds. That may not sound like a lot of time, but they said if you're going 55 miles an hour, that's like driving the length of a football field with your eyes closed. Ho! Oh, I did not know that. They also say that you are, if you are texting and driving, you are six times more likely to get in an accident than someone who is drinking and driving. How crazy. We are overconfident. And this is exactly what I think Peter's getting at here, and this is exactly what I think is happening in the church today, is that devoted people have gotten distracted like new believers. Man, new believers. Man, if you're a new believer, you're at 10 and 2. You got a Bible in one hand, prayer in the other, and you're on your way to the house of the Lord. and you're not, you, you are aware of your blind spots. You're checking the horizon. You're cautious as we go, and you got Jesus is riding shotgun, and you have permission to pump that brake anytime you think you need to. But if you're a, a seasoned believer, you, uh, a mature believer. You've been walking with Jesus for any amount of time. I mean, it's not always that way. You can be like, I, I'm okay. I'm good. And you don't even realize that that, that you're drifting. You, and you hit the rumble strip. And I'm, see, I'm watching this. People are hitting the rumble strip, and they don't even know it. There's so much noise going on in their life. They're so distracted. They no longer see it. They no longer hear it. And before they know it, the enemy is at their door and ready to pick them off. Why is this happening? What's happening? How do we keep this from happening to us? I think Peter gives us the answer. Two simple words found in verse 8. Stay alert. Somebody say, stay alert. Stay alert. Alert. You need to write that down. You need to pin it to your phone. You need to do whatever you have to do to keep that in front of you. I'm telling you, during this season, especially if you've been, the longer you've been following Jesus, the more you need that word. Stay alert. You may need to write it out, put it on the dash of your car. It's a two-fold reminder right there. Stay alert while I'm driving, and stay alert and watch out for the devil. I mean, that's just a couple good things for you right there. He says stay alert. Alert. There's this old saying that says, uh, "Familiarity breeds contempt." Have you heard that? Familiarity breeds contempt. This is very, very true. If you're married, and anybody who's married can testify to this. If you're not married, you've never been married. Pay attention. I'm gonna give you some good marriage advice. Cause you remember when you first started dating? When you first started dating, I mean, you were alert. Uh, you were aware of everything. You were checking your outfit in the mirror. You would step out and you go, I need to go back and look at it again, my hair, everything. Oh, I don't think I'm going to wear this jacket. I got to go back and try another one. I don't think these pants are going to work. I gotta. And you're just so focused. You're checking the back side, front side, side, side. I mean, you're all over that. You're, you're, you're. Do you remember when you had blemishes? You would cover every blemish because you didn't want them seeing the blemish that you might have. I mean, you're checking your breath, you're doing everything you can. You're very aware of um, how do I say? So, of your bodily functions, you don't want anything coming out up top or down below. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. You just, I mean, if it starts, you're like, oh no, this is not this. No, this is not happening right now. You get married, you give it a few years, you don't care what you're wearing. I mean, you're like, you look at your spouse, you're like, not even the thrift store would take that. What is that you're wearing? I mean, talk about blemishes. What are you doing? You're like, what is this? Honey, come here, look at this. What is that? Is that a pumpkin seed? What is that? What is going on? I mean, bodily functions, you're like, hey, I wouldn't go in there if I were you. Or worse yet, you're like, I hope they come in here. I hope they come in there. They walk in, oh, why did you not warn me? You're like, ha, gotcha. <laughs> Just some free marital advice right there. Familiarity breeds contempt. Same thing, so true in our relationship with Jesus. You're a new believer. Man, you got your, you, you got a Bible. You got a paper Bible. That Bible has tabs on it, it has a concordance. You got seven highlighters that represent seven different colors of the rainbow for the way you're feeling that day and about Jesus and what you need to remember. You're not you're in the house not just every week, but you're in the house. You're taking notes. You remember, like man, I'm feverishly, I got to write down, I got to get this in my system, I got to get this in my life. Man, you're on your knees all the time, you're in the word all the time. You're in a group. I ain't going to miss group. I got to be a part of it. I mean, it is a big big part of your Life, but the longer you walk with Jesus, the more that familiarity can creep in. And you get familiar with the word. Like, I mean, I know, I know that. I know, I know, I already know. I mean, okay, oh, here you go. Stay because I know we're getting, when's he going to get the part about the devil and prowling around like a lion and I don't have to fear the roar? And I've heard, heard it before. Or you read the scripture and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, can't, I don't know how to get in there. I've read this hundreds of times. And you see, and, and you, get, you get familiar with the word. You get familiar with prayer and it just kind of just becomes this, this formula. You get familiar with Sunday worship and you're just like, I don't mean, do I really need to go all the time? I mean, I know what they're going to, they come, we're going to sing some songs, yada, yada. Brad's going to get up, tell a couple jokes, read some scripture, inspire us. We're going to take communion. We're going to go home. It's not a big deal. If I miss a week, I mean, come on. It's, it's, we, get, we become familiar I mean, I I was in group for a long time. I don't know. I'm fine without people. I'm good. I mean, I can do this on my own. I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm right. Stay alert. Somebody say stay alert. Familiar and distracted is right where the enemy wants you. And he agrees with everything you're saying. God doesn't talk like that. I mean, can you imagine God saying, "Hey, hey, he's up. Don't be reading my word. I get it, this thing is way too confusing for you. Don't even attempt it. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Don't. Please, don't pray." Uh, every day. Because I mean, do you know how many people are praying to me every day? I mean, I need a few people to take some time off because I'm getting exhausted by everything that's happening to me. And certainly, listen, don't be in my house every week. Listen, I get it. Your kids have got things they need to do. You've got things you need to do. You've got other things. You don't have to worship me every week. I mean, come on, you can go out and do other things. It's it's not that big a deal. I, I don't, plus the people that show up on Sundays, they're nothing but a bunch of group I'm telling you, like, they're crazy fanatics. They come every week to my house. I wish they wouldn't come every week. They don't need to be in my house every week. That's way crazy. And (laughs) speaking of groupies, you don't need to be in a group because those are just some messed up, jacked up people. Don't be listening to them. There's always some quack, some wacko saying something weird. Don't get in there. You're just going to get all jacked up. God doesn't talk like that. But the enemy sure does, and people are listening to him. Stay alert. Verse 8, stay alert. Watch out. Somebody say, watch out. Watch out out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for someone to devour. When my oldest son was about 8 years old, he played basketball, and we we played at the uh, Broken Arrow Boys and Girls Club here in town. And uh, I remember the uh, year-end rally that they would have. If you've got kids in sports, you know what this is like. And we'd show up at the gym, and that's where they'd hand out the trophies and the awards and just have a big party for the kids. And I remember we pulled in in our green Ford Aerostar. Yeah, we were rocking it. (laughs) So we pull in, and I'm getting ready to get out of the car. And about the time I start to get out, this little tiny Little Toyota pickup truck pulls up next to me. The the kind like in Toy Story. That little. Those remember those little tiny okay, he pulls up written this little tiny one. And I look over, and in the passenger seat is a full grown tiger in the passenger seat. And I'm like, no one get out just yet. So this guy gets out and he's like the original Tiger King. I mean, he's got the mullet, he's got hammer pants on. Not making this up. He walks around the side. He opens up the passenger door, takes out a leash, puts the tiger on a leash, and proceeds to walk it into the gymnasium. I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, what? I look at Laura, and she's like, hey, hey, I said, uh uh-huh. Okay, so we get out, and we walk in very, very cautiously, and I I look over, and this guy, Tiger King 2.0, standing over there, got a tiger on the leash, taking pictures with the kids. Stay alert. This is how some people today are treating the devil. They think they can tame him, and I can keep him on a leash. Let's not forget that the lion is at the top of the food chain. Okay? Top of the food chain. When he goes into the jungle, everything in that jungle is edible. And he's coming for him. And the roar of the lion, he's coming into the jungle and he's roaring to announce his presence. I mean, he, he's, he's announcing it and, and he's saying to those who are gathered there in the jungle, you better clear out or you're going to be taken out. It's, a, it's an announcement. Write this down. Don't ignore the roar. Don't ignore the roar. We, we, we've all heard the roar. Paul, in some of his letters in the Romans and, and Colossians, he talks about the roar, he talks about the roar of greed. We were all, everyone's aware of that. I mean, you hear that roar, you go, greed, that's not, that, that ain't good. He, t- he talks about anger. I, we know anger is, is, is not, not good. You know, that when you get angry, you can, so we get it, man, that's a roar. You, you're like, okay, anger is coming, that person's getting angry at me, I'm getting angry, that, that is a roar. I need to be aware. Everybody gets that. Everybody knows that, that roar, the roar of anger. He talks about the roar of lust. I mean, whether you follow Jesus or you don't follow Jesus, you know that's a roar. Lust, you know, that's not going to lead to very good things in my, in my life. I should probably not ignore that roar. So he goes on, he talks about slander and lying, hate, envy. Is it, these are, we see envy. All of us have since that, heard that, know that. We know that roar. And, but so often people hear the roar, and, and instead of clearing out, they go and check it out. Instead of fleeing, they start They start flirting. They, they think they can tame the tiger. They think they can keep a lion on a leash. I got a, fr- a friend of mine, and we were just, uh, I was talking to him a while back, and he's a really good friend, and he was telling me that he was on uh, Facebook, and one of his old high school girlfriends, boop, popped up into his feed. Now, ladies, chill out, because I know right now you're like, which one here was your good friend, Brad? Is that my husband? Was that who that was? I knew it. I knew it was you. We're going to talk after service. Who is this? I need to see your thread right now in the middle of this sermon. Now, your wife is roaring, and I apologize. No, they relax. They don't even attend core church, but a good friend of mine, and, and, and his old girlfriend popped up in his Facebook feed. The roar. The roar. And in that moment, he has to make a decision. Am I going to flee or am I going to, to flirt? And he said, man, I, all of a sudden when she showed up my Facebook feed, my first thought was, oh, I wonder what she's up to. And all of a sudden these old memories, the old affection, the old thoughts, he said they, they started coming back and it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. I, kind of made me nervous and I said, "Well, what did you do? Did you did you flee or did you flirt?" He said, "Buddy, I fled. I fled like crazy. Man, I I don't ignore the roar." It's interesting. The time to fear the lion is not just when he's roaring, but it's when he's gone silent. That's when you need to fear the lion because when he's gone silent, that means he is stalking his prey. See the roar will grow silent where you don't even notice it anymore, and you just find yourself saying, "I mean, come on, it's just, a, it's, it's just a picture on the internet. I mean, it's just a site. It's just a friend request. It's just this," and you find yourself just clicking. And it's, I'm just going to watch just one, one time. It's not that big of a, big of a deal. It's not like I'm addicted or I'm going to go do that. Or I mean, I just need to. I just, I just life's been stressful. It's been crazy. I just need to take the edge off just I just, just just one just one drink and it's just one thing it's, it's not that big of a deal hey I mean man I I, I know I, going going to see, I, that movie that TV show it does it's got some inappropriate stuff in it I, I D beat it and it's not that big I mean it is but I, I know what's wrong I know what's right and I've really been wanting to see that show everybody's talking about it and everybody's like going to see that that movie and it's not that big a deal and the enemy starts growing silent. Hey, I just wore it one time. In fact, I just I kept the tags on it because I was going to wear it to this party and to this thing I was going to. And I mean, I only wore it one time. I'm just, what's the big deal if I, if I take it back? It's not like I stole or anything. See, the enemy starts with a roar, but then he, he goes silent. Don't ignore the roar. Peter says, watch out, because when you least expect it, so he's going to pounce on you. And he's going to devour you. And he's going to take everything from you. You're going to wonder what happened. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 4:27. He says, "Don't give the devil a what? A foothold. Don't give the devil a foothold." Uh, on our house, we've got that ring doorbell, the the one with the app. I've never had that before, but we've now got this ring doorbell. It's really kind of cool because you, on your app, if somebody rings your doorbell, anywhere you are, you can look at it. And and how many of you got that? How many of you have one of those, okay? Never had one before, and you can, like, see who's at your door and all that. Well, a, a while back, we were sitting at the dinner table, and we were eating dinner, and the doorbell rang, and, and a couple people started to get up and go check the door, and I said, hey, hang on, nobody needs to get up. I grabbed my phone, opened it up, looked on the app, saw who was on my door, and I said, ha, khakis and a polo. I don't think so. (laughs) Guy's like, hey, is is the owner here? The owner's eating dinner, my friend. Have a great day. Goodbye. So don't give the devil a foothold. He is at your door. He is ringing your bell. He is knocking, and all he wants you to do is just open it a crack, just a little bit, so he can jam his foot in there. And once he jams his foot in there, now you're in trouble. Man, don't go near that door. Turn to somebody and tell them, don't go near that door. Don't go near that door door. Stay alert. Peter goes on and he says this, stand firm. Somebody say stand firm. Stand firm, stand firm against him and be strong. Somebody say be strong. Be strong. You got to be strong in your faith. I, what I love is the lion actually has only one natural predator. I think everybody knows who it is. It's us. The, the lion, his natural predator is is humans. That's the only thing he has to fear. But I can tell you this, like the only human he fears is a human with a weapon. The, the enemy does not, the, the lion doesn't fear a human that doesn't have a weapon. They're like, seriously? Okay, this is going to be easy. This is going to be a really good lunch. I mean, he's, he's excited about that. But no, it's, it's the one that has a weapon. And Paul tells us and we have one weapon and we can use it against our enemy at any time. Ephesians, back in that letter he wrote, he said this Take the sword of the Spirit, which is, say it with me, the word of God. Like, this is one of our core practices. In your core groups, you were talking about this a few weeks ago, daily devotions, daily being in the Word of God. When you, What you're doing every day when you are getting in the Word is you are loading up on ammo. You are the Quentin Tarantino. You got it. I mean, you load yourself up. I'm, I'm going to go Quentin Tarantino on the devil right about now because I'm going to load up on all the ammo I can possibly get, and he ain't going to stand a chance against me. Even Jesus gave us the best example of this. He goes off into the wilderness, and he goes off in the wilderness to pray. Who shows up in the wilderness? The devil. Think about that for just let. Think about that. I mean, go all the way back to the first part of my message. He don't just come after distracted people. He doesn't just come after people that are on the fringes. He goes after the one one who's committed, one who's sold out, one who's making the sacrifices, the one who's in love with the Father. Next week, we're going to talk about David and how David got distracted, a man after God's own heart. If we see that even Jesus, that if the lion comes after Jesus, we have to recognize realize, okay, okay. I could be in the middle of prayer and fasting and he's coming after me. Three times the devil came after Jesus and three times he used the word as a weapon against the enemy. Three times Jesus said, it is written. The word of God is your ammo and keeps you loaded up. And helps you to stay alert against the enemy. I want you to write a couple things down. Number one, write this down. God's word helps me recognize the roar. God's word helps me recognize the roar. So many people aren't hearing the roar because they're not in the word. If you're not in the word, you will not recognize the roar. My coach, Terry Walling, talked about this. He said, the Bible and Scripture is about learning voice recognition. When you're in the Word of God, the more you're in the Word of God, the quicker you, oh, that's the roar of the enemy. I'm not going there. And it's in the Word of God that we find wisdom. It's in, it's in the word of God that you find the guidance for what you need. It's where you find discernment. It's where you find knowledge and counsel. And mo- most importantly, it's where the lies of the enemy are revealed. If you're like, why can't I see that what the devil, so many people blind, they don't see what the devil's doing to them, it's because this. They have this closed. And when this is closed, your eyes are closed and your heart is closed and God is trying to talk to you and he can't, and he can't help you because you gotta go open it back up. And when you open the word, you open your eyes to what the enemy is doing. God's word helps me recognize the roar. Number two, God's word helps me silence the roar. God's word helps me silence the roar. In other words, I can stand firm, as Peter said. I I can be strong in my faith. Why? Because he is standing with me. Who is standing with me? The lion of Judah is standing with me. Oh, that is good news right there. My weapon right there is the lion on lion, and this lion going to take out that lion every single time. Like when God roars, the enemy has to flee. When you open the word of God, when you speak the word of God, the enemy has to flee. Why? Because coming out of your lungs and out of your mouth is the roar of the lion of Judah. That's how powerful the word is. Four of you get that. The rest of you, I'm telling you, get in the word, start speaking the word, and start roaring back at the enemy. Because right now, you're just like, meow, I mean, you're like, I got this. You know, cats are interesting, aren't they? Because cats are like, don't mess with me. Don't touch, don't touch me. Touch me? You can touch me when you want to touch me. And so many believers are like, yeah, I got this. I hear what you're saying. Oh, read the Bible. There it is again. And go to church and pray. And uh, there he is talking about. It. It's funny. We always laugh in our creative team meetings and when we get together, and we we I have a team that helps me with this and. And we laugh sometimes because I say, and the answer is Jesus. <laughs> At the end of every one of my messages, and the answer is Jesus. It's, it's not that that hard, but so often, man, you're just coming up against the enemy. You don't have the word in you, so you're more more—you're not a prowling lion. You're a prowling cat, and you just come up, and you're like, meow. Yeah. So what the enemy's like. <laughs> Seriously? I mean, we got a bobcat that's been coming around our backyard. Ben, and because and, we have a green belt and, I, and I've seen it, and I'm like, I'll tell you the one thing we're not gonna do is let our cat out there. I know some of y'all are like, I would be letting my cat out there. I would totally be letting my cat out there. Whoops, I don't know where Kitty Kitty went. <laughs> but when you get the word of God in you, it ain't meow. It is a roar, it is the roar of Almighty God. I mean, coming from, you like, whoa, where did that come from? Where did, it is power, it is strength, and it is victory. That is what awaits you in the pages of Scripture because it's living and it is breathing. I like the brother uh, Jesus, his name was James, and in his letter he said this, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Too many Christ followers are, are walking around unarmed and they're getting taken out by the enemy. I've been reading a biography about Lewis and Clark, and in this biography, it's a fascinating biography about the, it's called Undaunted Courage, and, and in this, Meriwether Lewis gives this account of when he was uh, attacked by a grizzly bear. And it's fascinating. I just wanted to just read out of the book to you and, he says that he was, um, came across this huge herd of buffalo and, and it was the biggest herd he'd ever seen in his life. No one had ever seen a herd this large and he was just mesmerized by it. And so he shot one of the buffalo and when he did, he was watching this whole thing in front of him and he said he became distracted and he didn't realize that a grizzly bear was creeping up on him. It says at that, that moment he became the hunted Behind him, a grizzly had crept to within 20 steps of Lewis. Seeing the bear, Lewis brought up his rifle, but instantly realized it wasn't loaded. He further realized that he had not nearly enough time to reload before the bear, now briskly advancing, reached him. Instinctively, he searched the terrain, not a tree within 300 yards. The riverbank was not more than three feet above the level of the water, and in short, there was no place for him to hide in order to gain enough time to reload. So he just started to walk faster, and this is the bear pitched on him. He says this in his journal. He, this is what Meriwether Lewis says. He opened his mouth full speed and ran about 80 yards, and then he found that he gained on me fast. Lewis ran into the river thinking that if he could get to waist-deep water, the bear would be obliged to swim, and Lewis hoped he could then defend himself with his spear that he had. He got to the waist-deep water, turned on the bear, and presented the point of the spear. The bear took one look, and according to Meriwether's journal, suddenly wheeled about as if frightened, declined the combat on such unequal ground, and retreated. Lewis learned a lesson. In his journal, he says, as soon as I returned to the shore, I charged my gun. My gun reloaded. I felt confidence once more in my strength, determined never again to suffer my peace, to be longer empty than the time she necessarily required to charge her. The word of God is powerful. Powerful. Stay alert. Stay alert. Will you stand?